oriented because uh, <laughs> I'm not like used to where, this where interface at all. What is going yeah. on? <laughs> Take a moment, adjust to your surroundings. Uh, yes. Hi, I'm Cami Chaos. And I am Rick Terosi, and we are mildly interesting people. And that's why we invite people who are far more interesting than us to chat with us on this podcast. Cami, who do we have today? So I've been giving a lot of thought uh, to how I want to introduce this guest because I keep saying this is one of my dearest friends. It's just going to like people are going to stop believing me. But also, (laughs) (laughs) this is one of my dearest friends, and uh, she is quite certainly one of the reasons that I made it through the pandemic with my sanity intact. Um, But a thing that I think not enough people know about her is that she's absolutely obsessed with money, but not in a bad way. (laughs) Aren't aren't we all? I'm a Mm. greedy MFer. (laughs) Normally, normally if I were to say that someone was obsessed with money, I would mean it in a negative way. But uh, in my child life and in my adult life, I've had so much stress around like understanding money and feeling empowered. And our guest today, Tracy Levesque, is uh, into money, but not in a greedy way. She is also like incredibly motivated giving back to her community, several communities. Um, I just think she understands the importance of money and how to make it work for you better than anyone I personally know. And and that's not all I want to talk about, but like, I just want to mm-hmm. praise you for that, Tracy, and welcome oh, gosh, you to thanks. the show. Thank Hi. you. Thank you. Hi. You know, I, I've thought a lot, actually, I've thought a lot about because, you know, I started using TikTok and that's where I figure I'm going to put all my financial literacy and financial independence um, content, uh, highlighting my mom, who was really, you know, my mom's a lot of things, good and bad. But like the good that I really got from her is coming from a growth mindset and she's really good with money and she's raised me not to be afraid of money, to make money work for you, to, you know, uh, that's, it's like from an empowering standpoint, right? And yeah. so uh, while doing, putting this new content out there, I'm like, gosh, are people are just going to think I'm a greedy jerk, you know, like <laughs> obsessed with money. But where I come from is like, there is a wealth gap in this country and mm-hmm. the folks in power want us to keep focused on buying. Am I allowed to curse on this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Buying their shit Please do. instead of yeah. building wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I come from it from an activist. I mean, that's a stretch, right? An activist. No, it's not uh, a stretch at all. I think that's. <laughs> I'll say it if you don't. She she's a financial activist. Okay, that, good. I love Thank that. You. Um, so, like you know, marginalized people need to build wealth. We need to build mm-hmm. generational wealth to get anywhere in this world because they want us to stay uninformed, uneducated around money, sprayed of money. And Mm -hmm. while we keep buying shit, that makes us telegraph wealth, but not actually have real wealth. So that's why I do what I do. I want the wealth gap to shrink and I want marginalized people to be in more powerful positions. Well, and you, you did something, which is really something that is super impressive uh, from my perspective that, that is critical to kind of generational wealth, which is you, you bought a building and became a landlord of, <laughs> yeah. of people and things like talk a little bit about that. Cause I mean, I, I remember, 
you know, our parents' generation, like that was a very common thing to do. You would buy another house or you, and you'd rent it out or you, or you do those kind of things. But I think for Mm -hmm. our generation, that's been far more difficult. So I would just love to hear the story of, of how that happened, how you decided to do that and, and what's come of it. Sure. Um, so I love Philadelphia. I live in Philadelphia. I've lived in Philadelphia since 1988. And um, we have a lot of abandoned buildings, a fewer now, but we've had a lot since the 80s, right? And I've always dreamed of like taking these abandoned, neglected buildings and like doing an adaptive reuse, like, you know, mm-hmm. giving it the love and attention that they need because there's a lot of like cool architecture that's just crumbling in Philadelphia. Um, so I co-own a web development agency with my wife, Mia. That's how Cammie and I know each other from the WordPress community. I hope I want to, I want to, um, get to tell our meet cute story because Mika got to tell hers. So <laughs> we I will. want, okay. I want a chance we to will. tell mine. We will. <laughs> um, um, where, uh, this is where I'm like, what was I saying? Um, oh, so, you know, me and I, we, uh, co-own a web design, web development agency, and we are renting a place in Northern Liberties, which is another um, up-and-coming neighborhood. Was up-and-coming. I think it's now up-and-went um, neighborhood in Philadelphia. <laughs> and our rent was just increasing every year. And, you know, I'm just looking around at rents in other neighborhoods. I'm like, wow, we could be get more space for, like, a lot less. And that turned into, let's buy a building. And... <laughs> Me and my wife, he's much more um, financially um, conservative, conservative, risk adverse. There's, there's the word, risk adverse. Um, and she wanted, you know, a nice little building, move-in ready, um, maybe an apartment up top. We could be landlords. That would be cute. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with two crumbling, dilapidated, <laughs> completely abandoned, a blight on the, <laughs> on the block. <laughs> Buildings that were two side-by-side buildings with four apartments, well, two apartments each and a storefront. So six Mm -hmm. units total. And I was like, I want these. These are the ones that I want. And I immediately called my friend who's an architect. I'm like, get me in to see these buildings. So, you know, we're walking around. There's water dripping. Like there's, there's like water damage from the roof, giant gaping hole in the roof going through all floors into the basement. There was like a dead mouse on the floor and like <laughs> one of the uh, top floors of the buildings. And it was just, it was dangerous. Like it was a very mm-hmm. dangerous, uninhabitable situation. And I didn't care. I wanted those buildings. Those are the buildings that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted those buildings and I wanted to do a lead platinum rehab. And like, no one could stop me. It's like, I just, that's what I wanted to do. Um, and so Can I you just, Sure. Real quickly, can you tell mm-hmm. our listeners what a LEED Platinum Renovation is? Oh, sure. LEED certification is a certification system for sustainable building. If if anyone is familiar with B Corp certification, it's like you have to you know accumulate certain numbers of points and you have a certain level of like proving that you're a sustainable business. It's the same thing for LEED buildings. It's like you there's a it's a point system, and you can do like LEED certified silver, gold, platinum. Platinum was like A plus. I wanted an A plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thank you. That's, that's exactly yeah. what I wanted you to say. <laughs> so this was um, at the right after the, this 2009, 2010, after the real estate, like a market just collapsed in the whole, like it was like a recession, like 
all those like terrible loans that was busted. It's like, you know, no, no big bank was going to fund a development project. Like it was just off the table. So mm-hmm. I started going to banks and then I started learning what the banks wanted. They wanted three years tax returns for us and for the business. And they wanted this and that. So I had it all in a memory stick. I just went to every commercial small size bank that would listen to me. I had that memory stick. I had everything ready to go. I had, and I learned, oh, you have to make a business plan, like say how much rent you'd be able to get for all the buildings. You have to have a narrative about like your project and what you want to do. And I just, I was just tenacious. And I finally found um, a, a, a community bank that's just down the street. That would be the primary lender. And then a program with the city called PIDC, um, mm-hmm. Philadelphia something development corporation. Um, and they're like a, they're like a nonprofit or I don't know, they're a city organization that funds projects just like this, real estate projects for small businesses. And they would be the subordinate lender with like a mm-hmm. really low rate. So I, I got that together. Like I got the funding, but then me and I also had to put our own money in. So drain my Roth IRA, not something I would ever recommend anyone ever do. Um, <laughs> uh, but only the, you know, part that I contributed. So it was okay to like, you can't take money out of a Roth, Roth IRA uh, penalty free. Um, took all our savings, took out a home equity line of credit on our house. Um, we also had two personal lines of credit, like 15,000 each, um, at our credit union took all this money and like, okay, here we go. And that was cool. It was such a big project. Um, getting, I will never do lead ever again because (laughs) there are other ways to be, to build sustainably without having it to be lead. Um, Mm -hmm. And like with any project, scope creep comes in, things spiral out of control. Like this build, this wall behind me had to be torn down and rebuilt. And mm-hmm. by the time we were done, there was like maybe one wall that was still <laughs> like structurally sound, like maybe the front and the back. Um, and it just spiraled out of control. And then like towards the end, it didn't look like we were going to make platinum. It's like we had to, we we're just out of money. And, and so as it took about a year, it took a year. Yeah. A year and a month. Um, so towards the end, we maxed out credit cards. I bought mm-hmm. $30,000 for my brother. And so it was a lot of money that we did not have, but we just scraped for every last point and we made it, we made it to lead platinum. Yeah. Um, nice. but, yeah. But then, you know, we had, and I am so debt adverse, like, I've never like taken out this much personal debt in my life. Um, but I was aggressive about paying it back. And so for like 10 years, we like didn't go on vacations. We didn't like buy anything huge or we did like affordable vacations, like things you could drive to or something or pulling together with friends, you know? Um, we just didn't, we let our own house just fall into neglect and disrepair, um, because we just couldn't afford to fix anything. Um, and, but it took 10 years, but I paid all, paid all back. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I remember the day. I remember the day too. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the day. Of the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a, I have a question. Did your sure. love of photographing and exploring dilapidated buildings come before you bought the two dilapidated buildings? Like, were you already obsessed with photographing and checking out can uh, we stole my, condemned can we spaces? Stole my question? Ha <laughs> 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 Too that, that uh, which, which order? How did that happen? Uh, the buildings came first um, <laughs> because I was too scared to go inside buildings by myself. 
And so I would actually like ride my bike around the city or, you know, drive around, stop the car and take pictures of the outside. And I remember I had a tumble tumbler blog of just outside mm-hmm. the buildings. Then I started to kind of like creep inside a little bit. And then I found this organization on meetup called glue gay and lesbian urban explorers. And I timidly went to my first or, uh, group and the uh, first meetup and just loved it within like months I was co-running the group. Like, I, mm-hmm. like it was, that's how I got into the buildings and into the hobby of, you know, abandoned photography. Abandoned and, photography. And, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Uh, on, or, on, urban exploration. Yeah. 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 And on, on Instagram, I, I love your username. It is <laughs> ruin porn. Yes. So <laughs> all the, all the ruin you can stomach. It's a, it's <laughs> really, some really uh, amazing work there. I oh, like thank you. what, Apart from just your love of Philadelphia, like what inspires you to capture the modern day ruin of an urban environment? I think as humans, we're so often like appreciate the ancient history and, and mm-hmm. visit the Parthenon and the and the pyramids or whatever. But like this is really actively decaying metropolitan area buildings yes. that that you're exploring just talk a little bit more about that inspiration and and why you do that i think probably the pro- my primary motivation is to capture these spaces before they're gone forever there's mm-hmm. there's so many amazing buildings in philadelphia that are just not here anymore but i was able to photograph them before they're gone there was um a high school in north philly called edison high that looked like a castle it had like gargoyles and everything um, and I've been to that site maybe three times, but then we heard that it was going to be demolished. And so we snuck past security guards to get one last time in there. Um, and now it's a strip mall. It's sad. Huh. That's sad. Yeah. So it's not like these buildings are being renovated and, and, you know, kept to their original like architecture. They're just being like raised in a strip mall or something gross is going in. Mm-hmm. So that, that's probably my primary um, motivation. Others are just just documenting decay and how quickly it happens. Like the Taste mm-hmm. Cake Factory. Taste Cake Factory in Philadelphia moved from North Philly to uh, the Navy Yard. And within a year or, or a little, maybe a little longer, the, it was like just the crumbling, peeling, like, you know, thing that you see like, in pictures. Yeah. So just like documenting how quickly things go downhill and decay. And then number three, aesthetically, I think it's, I, I love the, I just think it's really interesting to look at. Yeah. It has a, it has a very, uh, your style has a very kind of dystopian <laughs> feel to it, but like in a really compelling way, like, a, like definitely zombie apocalypse, <laughs> dystopian video game feel to it, which is, which is amazing. I just, I really appreciate your work. It's, it's excellent. Well, let me tell you uh, one of those like mushroom zombies popped out of me. I would never go into a abandoned building ever again. No, <laughs> no, no, Man, no. The mushroom zombies are the best and worst <laughs> thing to happen to my zombie watching. I'm just yeah. like, Oh. They're like, how, oh. how can they make zombies more creepy? Oh, I've got it. How about how about the fun guy? Because <laughs> I'm like, that could happen, right, Mia? My wife. I'm like, wait, that could happen. 
Like that's way more, that's way more reasonable to me than the other presentations of why the zombie apocalypse starts. It's like not a hundred percent supernatural. It's, it's right. Right. Yeah. It could happen. Nature. He assures me that it, it won't happen, that it's actually not something that could happen. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Also, also, you know, Mia is very smart, so I'm going to believe her. Okay. So doing this building project was like my chance to like preserve history. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, and like, I've also thought, okay, those 10 years that is paying back all that debt. If I put that in a Roth IRA at a, you know, compound interest of 8% a year, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I would probably be making more money than the landlord business, which is, which is still good, you know, but at the end, I'm like, if I, I'm going to look at the back of my end of my life, look back and not say like, Oh, I could have gotten more interest over those 10 years. I'm going to look back and say, I did, I turned a abandoned building into a lead platinum building that like is who the neighborhood, two side by side buildings, two side by side. Mm, All right. And I get to be yourself. Yeah. I get to be a good landlord too. Like a caring, attentive, like not, Mm -hmm. I, I don't raise the rent, like that kind of thing. Like I get to be like, a, you know, somebody who contributes to their community. Yep. You get to be yep. a decent, kind human individual, <laughs> which is something that I have seen from you in all, I was going to say corners, but there's a limited number of corners. You just have so many facets of your life. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the garden? Oh, the garden. Oh, we left next door to a community garden. It surrounds two sides of our house. And um, when we bought our house in 99, um, I joined the garden. No, I had joined the garden before it. we moved in. Um, and I just, I love urban gardening. I love gardening. I love growing garlic. Um, I love the whole thing. And so, you know, the people, the woman who was formerly in charge of the garden, she moved to Texas. So, of course, I became in charge of the garden. So I manage the garden. I do the website. I um, manage the the waiting list. I interface with the Neighborhood Gardens Trust, which is the organization, Philadelphia organization, that holds title to several community gardens. It keeps them safe, insured, and they're kind of like an umbrella organization for all of us. Um, mm-hmm. I deal with garden drama. I have to go to like citywide <laughs> garden so meetings. Much drama. Uh, the, the so garden much garden drama. drama. <laughs> yeah. I have to go to citywide garden meetings where like, I, uh, yeah, I feel like a little kid in class <laughs> and I want to just like leave because gardeners are, and myself included, we're a wacky bunch of folks. Sure. Yeah. Lots of very strong personalities. <laughs> so I, I feel some some similarity with the you know you you seem to either start or adopt a lot of things. Yeah. I am not success I start a lot of things but I'm not terribly successful with a lot of things. You are you are achieving success like what how how do you do that? Is it just is it just focus? Is it passion? Like is it you've got a great way of doing things. Like, I'm just really curious, like when you, when something catches your creativity, like what happens next? Um, I think, well, number one, I do say no to things, (laughs) but Cammie knows I say no to things. It's so Um, inspiring. (laughs) It's really awesome when she says no, even when you're the person she's saying no to. (laughs) No, I'm not. You go ever working on WordCamp US again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I think the fact that I say no 
Um, the fact that I'm not afraid to like be bad at something like, Mm -hmm. um, I like doing things that are fun. Like I, you know, I did not, uh, get into urbex and photography to be the best or even good at it. Really. I just did it for fun. And Mm -hmm. Oh, look, I'm kind of, I'm decent at it too. That's, that's a good, like, I don't know, side effect. Um, but I don't like feel like I need to be the best. I can just purely do it, do something because I'm having fun at it. Yeah. Um, and also I'm fine with things like having a peak and then, you know, ending. Like I haven't uh, done a lot of photography in the last few years because I was concentrating more on the business. And it's hard mm-hmm. to like spread yourself thin and do all things, right? Yep. I yep. still want a life and like hang out with my wife and kid and do fun things, and see friends and that kind of thing. So I think that's something I've learned later in life to say no to things yep. and then also stop being in charge of stuff. <laughs> Stop like, you know, taking leadership roles and things just because like I'm super into it at the moment. Right. Yeah. It's super. I mean, it, it's just like super interesting that like so much of, of what I explored and, and what you did with the buildings is really imbued with nostalgia and love of mm-hmm. the history of a place. And yet you also have this ability to just be like, no, I'm done with <laughs> I'm that. Done. Yeah. Not going to yeah. do that anymore. Right. So that's, yeah, that's just amazing. Uh, where does music fall into that realm? Oh, gosh. Um, I love Someone music. Did research. <laughs> I love music so much. Um, my mom played piano growing up and was always very encouraging of like musical stuff. She, mm-hmm. she tells the story over and over and over again. She's from the Philippines and she um, wanted to be a concert pianist. And her dad said, what are you going to do with that? And made her, made her go into like science, you know, like to, mm-hmm. uh, like she's a, she has a master's in microbiology. Um, but she, I think because, because of that, she always supported, you know, me and my brothers like in creative interests, which I'm very, very thankful for and very privileged to have that support. Um, so I played drums from sixth grade all the way till right now. Um, <laughs> and I've been in, I was like band nerd. I was in marching band, concert band, jazz band, pit orchestra, county band. I even did, I even did band for a little bit in uh, college thinking it was going to be like better, but no, it was still like band <laughs> dork nerds. Um, and then I've been in bands. I haven't l- l- played lately with bands, but like um, I was in bands from like high school, like through college all the way through, um, gosh, I don't know, maybe like five years, like five years ago. And before we had a band that played like once a year at this cover band show. That was really fun. It was mm-hmm. like the same group of folks. And, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to play with anyone who like wants to play if we like rent a place that where camp us. Um, but yeah, so I, I love music. I love going to shows. I, I like live music is my absolute f- live music in a small venue is my favorite thing to do Okay. in life. It, it, and so studio, not super appealing. You'd rather be doing live. Oh, you mean going to like going to shows, like attending? Well, shows. I I know I mean at when you're playing. Like some people are like, I love being a studio oh. musician, and and other people are like, I love the live venue, and that's really where I get my energy. It strikes me that you're more the the live. I think it's because the bands never made it into a studio that I've been in. <laughs> Maybe 
once or twice. Once or twice. Walked by a studio. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Once or twice. We. I mean, I'm on one CD of the band that this band that I was in with my friend who died. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, other than that, like, no, I just haven't spent a lot of time because I've never been in like serious bands. Yep. Got it. From this particular place, we could go about a hundred directions with you. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of me. I'm a hundred directions. You know, I've got like it is the star, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Les Watch? Do you want to tell our meet cute story? Do you want to talk about amazing uh, dairy free cheeses? What, what do you <laughs> like? Do you want to talk about food? What do you want to talk about, Tracy? What what feels Otherwise, I'm going to ask you about being an extrovert. So, oh, I love being an extrovert. Do you want me to ask? Um, I do. <laughs> I, w- I was warning Rick. I was like, I need to make sure you're aware. She is my most extroverted friend. As, <laughs> as you can tell, I re- I really brought the energy level yeah. for the extrovert <laughs> stuff, like I usually do. Well, I'm, I'm very attracted to introverts. My wife's an introvert. I. You know, I just like it. I see introverts and I want to get to know them. Like, I, I want to crack your shell, you know? <laughs> but you never, but you never, but not, in a way, not, in a way that, no, right. no, not in a way that's like right. invasive. Like, it, you know, you're like, like you're going to love me and you're going to love spending time with me and I'm going to respect all of your boundaries, kind of. Yes. Um, talk, talk to me about being an extrovert in a world full of introverts because I, I happen to know that you have a lot of introverts in your life. I do. My kid is more like me, though. Yeah. So Mia is actually the, she's, she's the uh, minority in our house. Lance over. Hello, <laughs> Mia. Yeah. She's, you know, uh, and she's also the triangle. Uh, let's say triangle brain versus star brain. That's a, yeah, that's a thing. Mm. Okay. So um, my kid has ADHD and his um, pediatrician explained it like this. Um, you know, you tell a person with a triangle brain, oh, can you go upstairs and get my keys and bring it down to me? So they go upstairs, they get the keys, and they bring it down. Mm-hmm. You ask uh, a star brain person, like, oh, can you go upstairs and please get my keys? They go upstairs, see this thing. This leads to another thing, which leads to, like, oh, remembering this thing and taking it out of the box and, like, you know, then over here. Then you finally wander right back down. You're like, where are my keys? You know, like, oh, I forgot. Mm-hmm. So Mia is a triangle and a house full of stars. Hmm. <laughs> That's how I, I surf the web is pretty much like I, I forgot what <laughs> mm-hmm. I was even looking for hours later. Yeah. There are no triangles in our home. So no, I don't think so. It's yeah. <laughs> Not a single triangle. So like, yeah, Mia has all the executive <laughs> functioning for house. Um, but I don't know. I, um, I, I do have a lot of introverts in my life, but I, I, I don't know, but I, but like, I guess I'll like a bop around, right? Like at, mm-hmm. at, at a word camp or something, I'll spend time to like multiple groups of people, Yeah, you know? Um, how, so, do you, how do you sustain and not that force, level of- and not force people out, you know, right. to right. go do something, right. of course. Yep. How yep. do you sustain that level of, cause it's not just emotional energy. You have like mm-hmm. boundless physical <laughs> energy. How do you sustain um, that level of energy? Because you are always doing something. Um, I just get energized by doing stuff. Like if I'm stuck in the house for even a day, I get like antsy and kind of like depressed, not like depressed. Like it's like, Oh, like I'm in the house because I'm not feeling well or something. I I associate like staying at home with like being sick. 
So hmm. I, you know, when, when I'm at a work camp or something and things just keep going, going, oh, these people are doing karaoke. Now let's go do this. Thing. I just have the ability to just keep going and going and going because I get so energized from doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then my wife, on the other hand, she needs quiet alone time to get to recharge her batteries. Yeah. Yep. And it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> very, very familiar with needing the <laughs> quiet alone time. That's why Cammy and I don't even record in the same spot. We drain drain one another's introvert batteries. Um, Okay, we've teased it enough. I want to hear the meet cute story. Let's hear it. Okay, well, I've thought about this after watching Mika's. Um, So Cammie and I are are members of the WordPress community, um, and Mm -hmm. I was on the community team for a long time. Um, I've been on several different contributor teams for years and years and years. and Cami works for Automatic, also uh, formerly part of community. Um, and mm-hmm. so we were on a Zoom for the probably millionth useless Zoom meeting about the code of conduct, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> never like, I don't even know if it's written to this day. Maybe it is. I'm not sure. Um, in some iteration. In some iteration. <laughs> right. So, you know, I'm on the Zoom meeting. You know, you have all the grid of people. And then up pop cami and it was like immediate like i thought i thought she was cute like immediately just like she she got on she's kind of moody broody looking she like dark hair i mean you might have glasses on like tattoos i was like who's that (laughs) and you know we hadn't met and we didn't talk to each other or anything at all you know Mm -hmm. no talking because like so you know who was doing all the talking um (laughs) <laughs> and someone who shall not be named just doing all the talking. Um, and, and so it's not like we interacted or anything, but I was like, who's that? They have a cool name, you know, like, and then in San Francisco, that same San Francisco Mika mentioned, I think, I think it was that. San it was Francisco. the same. It was the same. Okay. Um, yeah. I went on a coffee run with Cami and we shall not mention person and somebody else. And she, she was just in a bad, I could tell she was in a bad place. Just like not, you know, I was not in a good place. No, just like, but that, but like, that doesn't like deter me. You know I mean? I still want to get to know you. Like it was just like, I I felt like you took my mood as an additional challenge. You were like, (laughs) she will be my friend. She's cool. She's cool. She's going to be my friend. Um, so, um, so like, you know, I just, I don't think we, we, we didn't interact much, even though we are physically in the same place, we didn't interact much. I could tell that you were like in a bad mood. So I just like, you know, didn't like say much. And then years later, I don't know how many years later we had a uh, work camp Philly. Then Cammy was a community person who was sent to come to Philly to hang. And you were a completely different person. You were like super friendly, unsupervised. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were like Cammy, the Cammy we all know, and yeah. just like had a blast. And that was it. The end. I am um, friends. Yeah, like I uh, same thing with you and with Mika. I was like, oh, they're much too cool to be friends with me. <laughs> just five my time, and eventually. Um, but just that trip to Philadelphia, which eventually did lead to the first WordCamp US being held in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I was one of the best. It was definitely one of the best work trips I've ever had. That was so engaging and fun. And I got to sit and work at the registration desk with Tracy, 
uh, with Mia, mm-hmm. also with their kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to run around the event. I got to learn, like, when you go to Philadelphia from the West Coast, you're like, oh my God, there's so much history. And Tracy just had all of this, not like stodgy knowledge, but just all of this like fun, engaging knowledge. And it was, yeah. And then I didn't want to leave. But I, <laughs> but I need to go back and I will see. Yes. Uh, yeah. To, to uh, just one quick thing. And then I really want to get back to Philly. Uh, no, I you love, don't. You don't even like Philly. I, it's fine. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a, I have not yet been won over by Philly. I am looking forward to that happening. Um, mm-hmm. People won't be able to see this on the podcast, but I thought it was so amazing that when you started talking about meeting Cammy, you like did one of her mannerisms by putting your like oh, really? hand to your chin. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's exactly what Cammy looks like on Zoom calls all the time. Uh, so that was funny. But um, I like Federal Donuts. I, I love <laughs> love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean that's an easy Dude, way. We have the best but, food. Oh, um, they have okay. really amazing food. You have there's a few places I want to take you in Philly next time. Yeah, uh, well, and and talk about that. Like you love, you clearly love this city. I do. You've you've spent so much time there and mm-hmm. and been, you know, and and brought people to the city to show it off. Like just this is your platform to to. <laughs> Compose your love letter to Philly. Talk to us about why you love the city so much. Philadelphia is the greatest city in the world. Um, We are back in the eighties and maybe early nineties. We had a chip on our shoulder because everybody ignored us. It was always New York, DC, New York, DC. And then Mm -hmm. something flipped where it was like, Oh no, don't talk about us because we want to keep this to ourselves. You know, we are uh, a, extremely extremely diverse city like mm-hmm. um we are super diverse we have had some of those progressive lgbt laws in the country so you yep. have like every kind of person in this city doing their thing it's still relatively affordable compared to like new york san francisco Boston, mm-hmm. whatever you can you can still like make your way here doing whatever it is you have a, an idea for a nonprofit. you have an idea for a business you want to um you know, to be a musician, you want to be an artist. There, there's still a path to do that here in Philly, where it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's it's cost prohibitive in other cities, right? Um, yep. We tolerate each other, even if we don't like each other, right? There are still yeah. some yeah. Philadelphians that are going to like throw their bodies in front of the Columbus statue at this one park, and they are not mm-hmm. going to let it go. There are just some mm-hmm. Philadelphians that will not let go of Columbus, um, but. Columbus Day, but, but Indigenous Peoples Day is like an official holiday in Philadelphia. So yep. it, it, you know, so it's a, it's a very progressive city, even though you have some people that are still like stuck in their own ways, but we still tolerate each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, there's a say, there's like our motto, like at the last Super Bowl was like, no one likes us. We don't care. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's it. It's like Philly against the world. You know, it's like people, we were voted like the, the rudest city in, uh, in the country. And I'm like, we're not Mm -hmm. rude. We are sincere. We are sincere people. We can be the friendliest, most helpful, um, you know, like friendly people in the world, unless you like 
you know, don't deserve it unless you don't deserve our friendship. Right. But we're not going to be fake to your face. And, you know, and if you're going to bring up throwing snowballs at Santa, who probably deserved it. (laughs) Well, and, and that is, I think that is, I mean, it's an East coast ish thing, but Mm -hmm. like, that's one of the, the things about Portland that is so polar opposite of that. Like we are, we are the global capital of passive aggressive behavior and we don't, <laughs> we don't say anything straight mm-hmm. to anyone. We always find another way to, to be snarky about it. So like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it, it, I always love it when I get the chance to interact with people from back East. Cause it's, it's such a refreshing way to communicate directly with people. Even mm-hmm. if it, even if it, you know, may, may seem rude. To other people what about like you mentioned food oh, obviously food. you're part yeah, you're part part of the music scene mm-hmm. uh my and and especially given recent events my exposure to philadelphia has largely been through sports yes. has that is that part of every philadelphian's life is that is that segmented like like talk a little bit about that and the and the philadelphia culture absolutely um <laughs> There have been a lot of like uh, TikToks or whatever, like, you know, because we went to the Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. And for the weeks leading up to this, from the two weeks or however long it was, from like knowing we were going to the actual Super Bowl, there are all these like little memes coming out how saying Go Birds is like, hello. Go Birds, Philadelphia. And it's exactly how it is. You're at the supermarket, Go Birds. You're walking down the street, Go Birds. Like, it's, it's just, even if you're not into football, mm-hmm. you still want Philly to win. You're still into Philadelphia. I was, I listened to the pants podcast, which is Leisha Haley and Kate Menig from uh, the L word and Kate mm-hmm. Menig's from Philadelphia. And she was saying how she's excited for the Super Bowl. And Leisha Haley's like, what are you talking about? You don't like football. You don't even know. Like you're not, but she's like, but she's like no, but I, I love Philadelphia. And she just couldn't yeah. understand how, how could, if you're not in football, why would you care about the Super Bowl? It's like, because you care about Philadelphia and the, yep. five years ago when we did win the Super Bowl, Oh my gosh, Philadelphia was like high for like a month. Everybody's yeah. just so no matter what your background, everybody was so friendly to each other. Everyone was just like kind and so happy. And you know, it's really annoying because they're like, Oh, who's going to burn itself down? It's like, no, we don't burn ourselves down. Maybe a car gets flipped, but, but it's usually like, by suburb, you know, by somebody from the suburbs, you know what I mean? Sure. Like yeah. yeah, coming into Philly, but we don't destroy our city. It's like, I went to the parade, the Super Bowl parade when we did win. And it was just like a sea of like joyous, happy people, mm-hmm. drunk and, you know, obnoxious, sure. some, sure. but we don't burn our city down that people love to like that narrative. Well, yes, and they, you, they you, really you, love, they love yeah. to talk about the destruction and uncivility um, that yeah, Philadelphia yeah. brings. And gritty is just so gritty. negative and contrary. I'm like, gritty is adorable and sweet. Gritty is about? a perfect representation of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Perfect representation, not <laughs> only in, you know, gritty themselves. I, th- I, mm-hmm. I don't know if gritty is a they, them, or he, or whatever, but um, let's go with they, them know. until we know okay. otherwise. Yeah. Like, you know, gritty is like, you're like, what the heck is that? But when gritty first happened, um, Philadelphians were like, oh, we fucked up again. You know, like, oh, Philly, we never get it right, whatever. Until 
<laughs> you like it started to get on like the New York talk shows were like, oh, what's this gritty? Then we were like, we'll defriend gritty with like, you know, we'll <laughs> throw ourselves in front of a bus for gritty. So like that's Philadelphia's sure. like that until like the when the rest of the country starts to criticize us, then we like fiercely protect whatever it is. We're just it's like you're all a minute ago. You're all siblings. <laughs> right. You can make fun of one another. You can hate on one another. You can do whatever mm-hmm. you want to. But someone outside of Philadelphia says shit. And it can, <laughs> oh, it gets shut down. Yep, um, exactly. Philadelphia is my second favorite city in the United States. Oh, nice. I love Philadelphia so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best. Yeah. I don't even know what my second favorite city is. Maybe Chicago. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I, I should... I know I should spend more time in Philly and we will figure out a way to make that happen. I think, uh, you know, just touching on the, the prior conversation, I think the other thing that is compelling about Philadelphia from a, from a sports perspective is you have all the teams like you, there is always a sporting event of some kind going on in Philadelphia, regardless of what time of year you're in the city. And you've got that basketball and football and you've got hockey do you have soccer the union it like we three of our teams the union the phillies and the eagles all made it to the final whatever and lost i think that that's a Mm -hmm. new record (laughs) wow yeah go go philly go philly go philly yeah uh cammy We're getting close to time. Was there anything else? There is something that's super important that I know you wanted to talk about. Um, Rick, no, not Tracy. There's probably plenty of stuff that you'd like to talk about, but Rick would like to know more about that John. What? Yeah, explain that John. Explain, explain John. It means thing. It means. I told him word for thing. Mm-hmm. So Gilbert, Gilbert's is hello and John is thing. <laughs> right, That's exactly. how it works. Okay, cool. Yeah. I got it. I feel mm-hmm. comfortable now. Better? Mm-hmm. Fine with- so can we go back now? Well, no, just one, one more Philly question I have. Mm-hmm. What was the name of that? What was the name of that coffee place that we went to that was kind elixir? of by a... Yes, yeah. it was Elixir. Okay, cool, cool. cool. Good. Thank yes. You. Tracy and I had a very important business meeting. Not even, that's not even a joke. Tracy and I had a very important <laughs> business meeting and Rick was uh, with me in Philly and we abandoned him at the Elixir coffee shop because great coffee, internet connection. Nice. Um, and then we went great. and did our badass business lady stuff. And, uh, and then we ate really great food. All right. Lightning round. Oh, Ooh. all right. Here we go. Are we ready for the lightning round? I'm super excited. And if you have, if you have a better name for the lightning round, yes, Tracy, we're, 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 we're all. Oh, I like it. I like it. All, all right. right, I'm going to ask you five questions. Just at, you don't have to like gush them out, but don't spend too long thinking about it. I already know some of your answers, but I'm excited to hear you say them. Uh, what is your favorite but least useful hobby or topic of interest? A favorite but least useful? Yeah, something like, that you just absolutely love, but it's of no use. Oh, I don't know. I have enough lightning <laughs> thoughts to like. That's the hardest one. Oh gosh, I have so many hobbies. I'm like, oh, what, what's the least? What's the least interesting one? Did, did I just trigger Alexa? What happened? I think, I think you think did. So. Somebody yeah. did. Oh, least interesting. Gosh. Okay, okay, pass. I'll have to come back. Pass. Okay. All right. Yeah. Pass. Cool. Would you like to survive the zombie apocalypse? No, I want Would to die immediately. I want to die immediately. I want to overdose immediately. And at, 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 
you know you're friends with Tracy when she informs you that if you are to come across her in the zombie apocalypse, you have to dispatch her immediately. Kill me. Okay. Done. Uh, question number three. What is the last food that you photographed? Probably bread. I've been really bread. into making bread lately. Um, and so my baguettes, I think that's what I've been, that's what I photographed last. I am both sad and glad that we didn't get into the bread making because Rick will have to learn how to make gluten-free bread if he wants to yeah. achieve his goal of bread making. Oh, I uh, am wrong. It pizza. Oh, and I posted wrong? the pizza that I posted to uh, Slack. I thought it might have been an egg, but yeah, no, it's pizza. no, I <laughs> no, I believe you that it was pizza. Mm-hmm. Tracy and I just send each other photographs of eggs a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a normal thing that people do, right? I, oh, no. I'm I'm the guy who wants to see your food porn. Like yes, like why do people <laughs> photograph their food? I'm like for me because I want to see it. I love I it. Was mm-hmm. not, I was never a photographing mm-hmm. my food person until Tracy and I became friends, <laughs> and then I was like, Tracy, let me show you every every food I, I've ever. Made. I want to see it. I don't want to just hear about it. I actually want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> right. What is the best season and the worst season? Best season spring. Worst season is winter. Sucks. Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> magnets or stickers. Oh gosh, mm-hmm. that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Oh man, a sticker. <laughs> I like sticking things on stickers, but I like the flexibility of magnet stickers. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you want to revisit the favorite but not useful hobby? You can just say pass. I like what's a thing I do that's actually not useful or interesting. I don't know. I mean, I watch a lot of TV. That's like that's useful for the less wise. That is yeah, that is yeah. useful for things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Gosh, do you know Cammy? What's you? <laughs> no, I didn't know the answer to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can think of a lot of hobbies that you have that are like super useful, and it, they would be especially useful if you wanted to survive the zombie apocalypse, like your gardening and your cooking and all of those things. You'd make mm-hmm. a great member of a zombie apocalypse. Well, too bad that's not going to happen. But- I respect you too much to let you do that. All right. Tracy, it has been absolutely lovely to talk to you. And uh, uh, we'd like to talk to you again sometime if that's okay with you. Because there's about, there's like a full page list of topics that we didn't. Wow. Well, thank you so much for having me. I didn't get to clear up that I did not ever say that Les Watch was my phobic. Oh, say it. Let's talk about that. Because that came up in our first episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Mika and I were talking about. Les watched TV and Mika mentioned that Tracy said it was biphobic. And then I got all like, by power, don't be <laughs> negative. Uh, that's not what Tracy said. Tracy, will you please issue a correction on this episode? Sure. I never said that Les watch was biphobic. I said that it was monos- monosexual, which is more like ignorant. Um, and mm. uh, but because of our gay bias at the time was just really just Mika and I like running the site because of our gay bias the language used on the site was very monosexual. So like <laughs> instead of barrier queers, it was barrier gays or big gay wedding or saying, using the words lesbian and gay instead of more inclusive language, um, which sometimes it's punchier to say something's gay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in language, but really if you're doing a, a website that uh, is a database of all queer, you know, uh, queer, female, non-binary, trans um, characters, it has to be Mm -hmm. inclusive. So we changed everything 
from like either lesbian or gay to queer or LGBT or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and so that, that's what it was. I, we would never like excluded by people on purpose. Like, but, but you were not yeah. intentionally no exclusionary. And when you realized that you were being exclusionary, right. you guys fixed it. And I think we are, we are kind of with the times, right? I think it was like a, mm-hmm. an awareness of like, you know, the importance of language when including the whole queer community. Yeah. So I think we kind of evolved with the way, you know, mainstream, like queer culture evolved. Um, because yeah. I, cause you know, um, the biphobic lesbians are in the same uh, bucket as TERFs for me, you know, like yeah. it's something that I absolutely do mm-hmm. not tolerate and like really, mm-hmm. um, you know, like vehemently against. So Never intentionally biphobic, but more uh, by ignorance. With and, and and now you've taken it upon yourselves to make it better for everyone. All right. With these last moments, if someone were looking for you on the internet and wanted to follow along with the Tracy story, <laughs> where would they find you? What's the best um, place for them to find you? I have a website. Uh, it's the Tracy L.com. Awesome. E, no I E, no I, no. And you can get all my social things from there. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Rick, do a clever sign out or something. Uh, Great. Uh, Tracy, (laughs) already looking forward to having you back. Thank you so much for taking the time, for educating us on Philly, for reveling in the, the, abject beauty of dilapidated metropolitan <laughs> areas like all of that stuff was great i really appreciate it it's just been an absolute joy to spend some time with you uh and uh and philly so with that in mind we'll let tracy go back to something more interesting than talking to mildly interesting people and we will talk to y'all next time go birds I I think this was pretty interesting. And thank you for having me. Yay! Love to you.